Welcome to Food and Wine with Chef Jamie Gwen. Celebrate food and life by learning about the culinary scene around the world. Speaking with chefs, artists and food makers, farmers, authors and tastemakers who are passionate about everything delicious. A very good weekend to you food lovers. Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio and a very happy new year to you to 2021 and all the hope it brings. May it be a far better year than last year. Goodbye, 2020. As we embark on a new year, I hope you will continue to listen every weekend because the culinary genius continues. Not mine, but of course, the experts, the guests, the gastronomic pleasure that I delight in bringing to you every week. And so please... Stay tuned because there is so much to feed your soul coming up this year. From chefs to pastry aficionados to sommeliers and beer experts, hopefully getting back to travel. We'll talk about extraordinary, insightful places to eat and drink, to sip and savor. I will bring you artisans and experts and trendsetters. And so if you love to cook or love to eat, this will continue to be your destination for all things scrumptious. And I thank you for your longtime listenership. This is my 18th year celebrating my passion for food on the radio, and I am truly grateful that it continues. And on this show, every food topic is on the table. So let me set the table for you. Coming up this hour, we are power spicing with nutritionist Rachel Beller. Yes, the turmeric and the cinnamon and the ground ginger in your spice cabinet can do your body good. So stay tuned. Also, we're cooking in a vegan Thai kitchen today. Yes, Sarah Johnsala is here. And whether you're vegan, vegetarian, or just looking to commit to meatless Mondays, I love Thai food. And her recipes from her homeland will definitely inspire. Before the end of the hour... We are motivating that New Year's motivation. Career coach and CNN's favorite, Maggie Mistel, is here. My friend Maggie always has wise words. And so this is a New Year, New You show. And my goal is to satiate your appetite. Let's kick off today's show with a conversation for bakers and non-bakers alike. Really, it's for everyone who has a sweet tooth and everyone who loves cake. You know, I love to start this show with a tutorial of sorts to make you the best cook you know. And this is what I love about cake. Cake can be truly indulgent, rather. Got tongue-tied because I got hungry. But light, airy, no-guilt cake? Okay, I'm all in. I have decided, by the way, that the best way to satiate my sweet tooth in January is to bake and still reap the rewards of my work because I share all the goodness that I make in my kitchen. But if I get to indulge in it a bit, I really feel satisfied. And the gratification is so much greater when you've made it yourself. And so this past week, I made an angel food cake. The slice that I ate that day was only four points on my Weight Watchers app, by the way, and I savored every bite. For avid bakers... Spare egg whites, they are a way of life, right? After making pudding or custard or ice cream base, you have leftover egg whites having used the yolks and the egg whites tend to pile up. And so you save them. 
And so you make angel food cake because it is something to marvel at. It's a dessert that's airy, it's light and lean, but it's flavorful enough to stand on its own. And whether you serve it naked or with fresh fruit or a dollop of whipped cream or a drizzle of ganache, I love angel food cake. Americans have been whipping up angel food cake since the 1840s, actually. Categorized as a sponge cake, pillowy soft, it should be as light as cotton candy and just as tender too. And its sweetness is tempered by a pinch of salt and that toasted flavor of its lightly brown crust. And I love an aromatic dose of vanilla, preferably vanilla paste. It's the sort of cake that's worthy of your time in the kitchen, I say. And days of that stolen slice late at night because you just can't help yourself. So recipes for angel food cake always start with egg whites. They're whisked or beaten until foamy and light. And then the sugar is spooned in a little at a time. The whipping and the sugar sprinkling continue until that billowy meringue holds its peaks. And that foam is a French meringue. And it's the airiest of all styles. And the work, by the way, is accomplished by your mixer. So you can go and brag and tout that after you've made an angel food cake, you've mastered French meringue. And that makes you a culinary hero, by the way. But let's talk ingredients first. Egg whites play an integral role in the structure of an angel food cake. Egg whites are composed of protein that aid in creating this voluminous cake. And the whites are accented by the help of cream of tartar. You have it in the back of your spice cabinet, I'm sure. It's an acidic salt and it adjusts the pH of the egg whites so that the proteins uh, become more soluble. I can tell you from experience, if you're not a food chemist, um, and you certainly don't need to be, that if you don't use cream of tartar in an angel food cake, you will not reach your maximum volume. Cream of tartar lasts a very long time, longer than the dried herbs and spices in your spice cabinet. So go ahead and use what you have. It gives the final cake a bright white color as well because it decolorizes the pigment in the flour. Who knew? That's cool, right? As for the flour, the flour plays an important role in the texture and the structure and the elasticity of an angel food cake as well. Cake flour is often called for in lots of recipes, but you can make an angel food cake with all-purpose flour easily. Cake flour is lighter. It tends to keep the batter light as well, so worthy of the investment. And here's an important tip when it comes to baking your first or your 31st angel food cake. Cooling the cake upside down is the only way to go. You harness the power of gravity to stretch rather than compress the tender crumb of the cake. And it is immensely important not to use a nonstick pan or the cake will go splat. The nonstick properties don't allow an angel food cake uh, to hold up. And so a standard angel food cake pan that is not nonstick, you don't need to invest in an expensive one, should give you the results that you're looking for. Um, I start with a standard aluminum tube pan and it has a removable bottom and you wash and dry the pan really thoroughly before you use it. You want to make sure it doesn't have any residual grease. 
Now, I happen to love the rustic appearance of the angel food cake top crust. But if you want a stunning presentation, you when you turn it over uh, and go to serve it, you can pile all kinds of fresh berries cascading from the center. And when you cut an angel food cake, you want to use a serrated knife to keep the cake from compressing. So those are my best tips. Whether you've made an angel food cake before or not, I hope you will try your hand at it. It really is a blissful treat. And for my mastered recipe for angel food cake, all you need to do is email me, jamie, J-A-M-I-E at chefjamie.com. My angel food cake recipe, which has, by the way, all these chef's tips and tricks included, is this week's bonus recipe. So maybe you want to dig into the recipe yourself or share it with a friend who loves to make cake for you. I would love to send it to you personally. Once again, recipe requests and culinary queries can be sent directly to jamie, J-A-M-I-E, at chefjamie.com, and I will email you back personally. Have you checked out the new website at chefjamie.com? I'd love to know your thoughts on it as well. So please send notes. I'm all for constructive criticism. Uh, And of course, it's time for food news too. Oh, this is good news, by the way, for coffee lovers and soda lovers. This is news you can use because choosing the right afternoon pick-me-up, it can be hard, right? (laughs) Pepsi's coffee-infused soda maybe what you've been waiting for. According to the Insider Press release on the stuff that I received, the Pepsi Cafe line is about to be released in two flavors, original and vanilla. It gets its coffee flavor from Arabica bean extract. It's not meant to taste like coffee fully, but rather a mashup of coffee and Pepsi. It is a carbonated beverage intended to be served cold. And yes, it has a caffeine kick, about twice the amount you'd find in a 12-ounce can or bottle of regular soda, and half of that in a cup of coffee. And while I'm not a soda drinker, I am a Java addict, so I do want to taste it. Pepsi Cafe, all new and coming to a store near you. And so now, you are a food lover in the know. Don't touch your dial. Because we're power spicing coming up next. And there's delicious conversation in your radio right after this. Chef Jamie Gwen, be right back. New you. Welcome back. Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio. First there was juicing and then souping and now we're spicing. Rachel Beller is a registered dietitian specializing in breast cancer prevention and the founder of the Beller Nutritional Institute. A two-time best-selling author and a spokesperson for the American Cancer Society, Rachel was the nutritionist for NBC's hit series, The Biggest Loser, and you've seen her on everything from CNN to Good Morning America to ABC World News Tonight. Spices from anti-inflammatory turmeric to cancer-fighting garlic have never been hotter. 
And Rachel's third cookbook just released will enlighten you to build a spice pantry that will give you the most benefit from those spices and dried herbs. And so Rachel Beller joins us live. We are sharing the new book called Power Spicing for really strong fueled meals for your mind and body. And Rachel, I have to welcome you to the show and tell you how proud you might be to know that I shook some turmeric into my morning smoothie today. I'm proud. <laughs> well, thank you. And with some ground ginger too. Ooh, yes. yes. A good power. A good combo. Um, you are all about power. And I love yep. the idea of getting power from spices. We all have a cabinet full uh, if it's time to replace, we'll, we'll get to that for sure. But would you give us your top five reasons to spice up our lives, please? Yes. I mean, there's been so much research, thousands of studies, and the top five reasons are it could potentially reduce body inflammation. It may help fight cancer, hmm. um, weight loss even. It supports your gut health, and also it allows you to eat a lot more wholesome, real foods. Um, if it tastes better, you're going to eat it. And then now that we're understanding the value add of boosting it with such a, such a high level of antioxidants, then it's motivating. Plus, everybody can do this. It's affordable. Yeah, and it, it is easy. It seems so simplistic to me. Like, why wouldn't I open the cabinet and shake some turmeric into my smoothie or measure some ginger for my next stir fry, especially when you think about, and I've read through your book and there's just an extraordinary amount of knowledge in this cookbook, kudos to you. When you think of the medicinal properties that come from the little glass jar already existing in your kitchen, if you can boost your health every day that easily, why not? Yes. And you know, when you're looking at studies, they're, they're looking at it's a long term. It's a consistent use of spices. It's not, you know, about that one Moroccan dish or that one dish that you're adding turmeric to. It's, you know, once a week. It's really about this consistency. So, I actually encourage my clients to and my and my readers to to use it in the AM to have a boost throughout the day because it's that cumulative effect. It's pinches hmm. of prevention that really um, have been shown to make a difference. And I'm talking thousands and thousands of studies. Yeah, really impressive and, and unbelievable to see the research behind it. Is it only in the AM that you boost? Are there particular spices? So I went through my pantry with your spice starter kit in the book and made sure I had everything I needed to on hand. And we know that the anti-inflammatory properties of, of turmeric are talked about greatly and garlic and ginger have th their benefits as well. But is there a time of day that works better for some spices versus others? Um, so generally, um, most of my clients will use the quote-unquote sweeter without the added sugar type right. of blend. So in the book, I have the DIY. You can do it yourself. Um Different blends for the AMs would be like my Cinepeel Spicer that has Ceylon cinnamon and granulated organic orange peel and a little bit of ginger, incredible on oatmeal and mm. in your smoothies. And then we have a golden power breakfast, you know, a, um, a golden breakfast blend that has cacao and turmeric and ginger. And those Ceylon cinnamon, and it really has that um, 
combined effect. So there are several morning ones, and, you know, they can do it themselves. Um, I also, for those who just don't feel like making them, I actually launched my own Rachel Beller Power Spicing line of blends. Um, but in any case, it's really about that morning where you can add that and also to snacks, like you slice up an apple, sprinkle one of the um, Ceylon cinnamon, the sweeter type of blends on it. So it's a real value add. Now in the evening or when you're cooking dinner, roasting veggies, I put together some universal blends that are savory. Not everybody likes straight up turmeric or a curry or something so strong. So I have these very universal blends like Vegitude Power that goes on not just veggies, but anything. Um, and everything savory and savory sizzle, and it's really become fun to yeah. just add it, but you can keep it on your kitchen table. and like Smart. Season with it. Your hummus. Sure. Your marinara sauce. Yeah, really so, smart. Yeah. Like the Tex-Mex power blend I, makes me want to uh, run to the kitchen and make vegetarian chili. <laughs> yeah. It just does. Yeah, and it, the, the beauty is that it, it contains, it also has a smidge of Ceylon cinnamon. I mean, they really um, have these, these powerful combinations. Yeah, really fabulous. Um, talk about the discovery, your discovery, the concept of blending that mm-hmm. you call spice synergy. So synergistically, some spices are even more potent or more effective, right, when they're combined with another. As you mentioned, everyone knows turmeric is a great, has great anti-inflammatory properties, but it doesn't do well on its own the body has a difficult time absorbing it, so it needs Mm. some help. So, for example, adding um, black pepper to turmeric enhances the absorption of curcumin, which is the active uh, compound in turmeric. Right. Um, Same thing with cacao. So, you know, all those golden lattes that everyone's drinking? Yes. Cacao has something, an antioxidant called quercetin, and quercetin helps the body absorb it has a synergistic effect with um, turmeric, with the curcumin. So it's this dynamic duo, this synergistic as- action where they're working together. Mm. Oregano, basil, thyme, ginger, and cinnamon, and matcha, for example. By the way, ginger, cinnamon, and coffee. Um, Ooh, good combination, by the way. Very excellent combination. Yes. So, so the synergistic action is it's not just about, and that was really the premise of, you know, some of the blends that I created that I'm offering in the book and in the line is that they have flavor and function. And this, it's this, what do we pair together to maximize the benefit? Thank you for uh, diving into the wide world of spices and herbs with us. There are simple, elegant recipes in Rachel's new book called Power Spicing by Rachel Beller that will help you unlock the potent power of spices and the draw-dropping health benefits that will allow you to take your daily routine rather and up your game. Rachel's Spice Line can be found on Amazon. The book is available there as well, entitled Power Spicing. And you can follow at Rachel Beller RDN to continue to 
power pack throughout the day. Rachel, thank you for sharing your passion. I appreciate you taking the time. Thank you so much. Uh, I had a blast. Happy New Year to you. As the delicious conversation continues, there is so much more to feed your soul right after this. Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio. Don't go away. If you're hungry for juicy conversation, well, you're in the right place. Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio. Sarah John Sala opened the first vegetarian Thai restaurant in Portland, Oregon to great success. And now she's sharing her secrets with you. Her plant-based and gluten-free recipes allow you to enjoy your favorite Thai dishes without the guilt. There are 75 reimagined Thai-inspired recipes designed to be nutritious, quick, and above all tasty in the new cookbook release entitled Vegan Thai Kitchen. And Sarah Johnsala is here to dish. I'm very glad to have you, Sarah. Welcome. Hi. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, of course. And congratulations. The book made me want to lick the pages. It made me so hungry, Sarah. Tell us about the flavors of your childhood, please. Yeah, so I, I grew up uh, most of my 19 years in Thailand, and mm-hmm. I grew up with uh, the restaurant business that uh, my mom always, you know, always cooking and, and, and being a chef. And I, I, we, we actually having a Thai vegetarian restaurant, too, in a small town in the northeast of Thailand. So I basically learned a lot from her and just by absorbing and then just, you know, experience daily with her. So now uh, it's my my time to actually exploring and, and learn more skills from her. And then I opened a restaurant here in Portland and to, with, with actually with my help, uh, with her help, with my mom's help. Yes. Um, you know, with the recipe and everything as well, too. Start the business here in Portland. Well, and kudos to you. I believe in the American dream very much. And I think that uh, your success is uh, to, to be celebrated. I'm a mother-daughter duo as well, Sarah. My mom put me on the map and I credit much of my career to her. And there's something beautiful about the memories I have as well, sitting on the counter in the kitchen, watching my mom cook when I grew up, I think right. that it, it builds such tremendous passion for food. There's also something very extraordinary about the history and the significance behind Thai dishes. There's really a, a meaning to many of the dishes and, and a reason you eat them at certain times for certain celebrations, right? Right, right, right. It, it, talk about, if you would, some of, some of the history behind Thai food. A lot of Thai food, actually, it has a... Basically, they have a lot of curry base. We mm-hmm. love a lot of herbs. We love a, a lot of, like, you know, the lemon glass, the galango, and those those uh, curry paste base. So a lot of stuff, even the stir-fry or, you know, or the curry or some of the appetizer actually mm-hmm. have curry in there, curry. Just, um, so we have a lot of influence from the, the Indian in the past uh, yes. in, in, in what we are cooking right now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and, and there's lots of big, bold, beautiful flavor. So let's right. cook together. 
Let's make some simple classics, as you call them, which I love. Uh, let's start by talking about your vegan approach. You use a lot of tempeh and tofu. Right, right. Uh, yes. Why, why are you a tempeh lover? I happen to think it is one of the best vegetarian proteins to cook with. Right. So is this, is soy actually a good substitute for, for a vegan? And, you know, like a lot of vegan, we don't have a lot of option for, for a protein right. substitute. Yeah. So, and, and one of my great um, you know, choice is the tofu or soy or tempeh because it, it blends well with Thai food. Yes, and it's tempeh yeah. and tofu as well, but it absorbs all the flavor of right. the sauce and the ingredients around it. So you make a spicy basil tempeh, and right. yes, yes. that looks so good to me. I happen, <laughs> I happen to love Asian herbs, and so using Thai sweet basil, I, I grow it in the garden. And I'll use it right. in everything I can. Yeah. Actually, the, the Thai sweet basil, we call pat gra pao. Pat gra pao. It's one of the main basic street foods. Everywhere you go, you will see this, and people order it all day long. They eat for lunch, they eat for breakfast, they eat for dinner. It's like all day long. <laughs> the and, pat gra pao. And it has yeah. a pepperiness to it, that basil, that's... Oh. It is. Just right. so beautiful. That will be the first dish I make um, from your new book. And then you make a ginger tofu. Um, talk about tofu a few ways, please. Um, we can find soft tofu, which substitutes like for egg salad if you want to mash it, all the way up right. to extra firm. And you Correct. use a different tofu based on the recipe. In fact, I wonder right. who created son-in-law tofu? <laughs> the son-in-law tofu it's just basically actually it comes from the eggs it's, it's, we, we actually made a, a, a dish called son-in-law egg okay That's, yeah they, they just name it after I don't know the, the, the behind history but <laughs> it's one of my favorite if it's the son-in-law sauce it's going to be the tamarind base with the sugar a uh, palm sugar base, so sweet and sour from the tamarind and a palm sugar, and then it has to have fried onions. On oh, okay, so that's what a son-in-law sauce is. Good to know. Right. Thank you. Okay, you don't have to have a son-in-law to make it. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Talk about tofu in its different varieties, please. We have only a different kind of tofu. For stir fries, the best one that we always like is the medium because it's not break easily. Oh, good. That's for the stir-fry. Okay. And then for, like, soft and super soft tofu, we like to use more on the soup. Like, we have one soup that is, uh, like, just a plain soup uh, that go with a uh, glass noodle and light, you know, broth. Hmm. So that one go with that. If it's extra firm, this is very hard one. Um, you know, uh, I use a lot in pad thai. Ah. Um, you know, just chop it to small pieces. And it blends well with pad thai for extra firm. Yeah, so you you get a lot of toothsomeness to it, right? There's something to, to right. sink your teeth into. Speaking of pad thai, you make a gluten-free version. It's the world-famous exactly. noodle right. dish from Thailand. And yeah. you use a gluten-free tamari. Tamari, yeah. Yeah, very so smart. I, I use a lot of tamari here for gluten-free sauce. So that's one of the new uh, choices for me for a gluten-free item. And it's, it's still going to keep the flavor as close to, you know, the regular size sauce. That's why I choose tamari. 
hmm. uh, for gluten-free option. And this one for the pad thai, you know, you still keep the same flavor as the regular, you know, pad thai, but mm-hmm. it's gluten-free version. Because the pad thai noodles is already gluten-free. So and you are good to go. And the peanuts on top are my, on top. my favorite part. Right. Yeah, the, and a little bit of spice. Yeah, a little bit of heat and a little bit of lime. I could sit down to a bowl of pad thai uh, any any day. Um, Sarah, I, I have to tell you, I am so inspired by your recipe for enoki mushroom fritters. I have right. never fried an enoki mushroom like that before. They are gorgeous. <laughs> They're really good, too. Crispy with a, a hot sauce you make from apple cider vinegar, sugar, sriracha, and tamari. Tamari, yes. Yeah. I, yes. I, that, I, I can't even tell you how good that looks to me. And then uh, before I let you go, leave us with something sweet, please. There are some really beautiful traditional Thai desserts. Um, we didn't even right. get to the avocado green curry. Let me take a step back. Uh, that's a a beautiful traditional green curry. And in your vegan style, you put a whole half of avocado in the bowl. Just to add more protein. And, you know, avocado is really good with any kind of food, actually. Any salad. And I try on the curry and I love it. So that's why I have it. That's really brilliant. With kabuka, squash, and coconut milk, and tofu, and lots of wonderful vegetables. But for a sweet ending, the bananas in coconut milk looks luscious so this one um you know like thai food they love coconut milk yes and banana is one of the famous you know fruit or any you know ingredient for for thai dessert so we do a lot of uh thai dessert with banana and this one is one of my favorite ones so we use like medium ripe banana Mm -hmm. and then just coconut milk and then palm sugar a little bit of salt and that's it it's all good yeah, and very simply, you sort of like braise the bananas, right? I mean, they, they cook for about 15, 10 to 15 minutes, you say. So you serve it right. warm, and warm. just the fragrance of that has to be unbelievable. Right, Yeah, really good. As you call it, one of the simplest Thai desserts you can make. It will be dessert tonight for me. And so I, I thank you and I congratulate you. The book is a, a beautiful labor of love between you and your mom. And yeah. you've done a beautiful job sharing your recipes. I wish you continued success with the restaurant as well. And I am delighted to have had the opportunity to talk food with you. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much, Amy. Yes, it was a pleasure. The Jansala mother-daughter duo has squeezed all of their generational and industry knowledge into a simple guide to traditional Thai food made vegan. Check it out. The book is available and highly rated on Amazon already. You won't want to miss it. There's lots more delicious conversation coming up in your radio. So grab a snack and come on back. Chef Jamie Gwen. Better you? That's a good goal, right? Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio, feeding your soul. CNN dubbed Maggie Mistel one of the nation's best-known career coaches. With Maggie, you can soul search, research, and job search. 
She's a certified life purpose and career coach who has transformed the lives of her followers and her personal coaching clients with her motivational advice. And I am proud to call her my friend. She is a positive force in making good change and has been featured on NBC's Today Show, Fox Business, The New York Times, and more. And she's back because it's been too long to help us give us and fulfill the need to aspire to those goals. And so we're setting the year off right. I'm very glad to have you back, Maggie. Hi. Hi, Danny. Great to be back. Thank, <laughs> Thank you for you. having me. Okay. You have best strategies, but what do we do to ensure success? Because I want to start strong. You know that. I always aspire to. Absolutely. And yes. you do a great job of it. <laughs> well, thank you. Most days, You're maybe some. Well, some days, definitely. Right. Well, your positivity really helps. And the yes. attitude plays into it, into it. But sometimes our daily grind can get to us. And I think that's the challenge because we start off the new year so optimistic, right? The ball drops and we're happy about this new, exciting 365 days we have ahead of us. Mm-hmm. And then what happens? You know, five to seven days later, we're back at the same office, doing the same job, from the same computer, and it just kind of all dissipates. So what I tell people is one of the things you might want to plan for this year in terms of your resolution is to get out of the daily grind once a quarter. Mm-hmm. Like make it a habit where you're taking a long weekend escape or you're doing a career-focused kind of retreat or doing a conference or a meetup or even just connecting with old colleagues and having a lunch with them once in a while. You know, you'll really be in a better mindset if you can just refresh your brain, you yes. know, and get get out of that daily grind. That's one one step. I think there's so many components or levels to that. For me, I also look at it as something to look forward to. And that's motivating for me, right? Like the last Friday of the month, I'm going to use as a networking lunch. And uh, like you said, catch up with an old colleague or uh, make a concerted effort to follow through with that commitment to network or stay in touch. And then I look forward to it and I find myself uh, planning for it. And that positive momentum is definitely, for me, uh, very growth inspiring. It is because you see yourself accomplishing something. Yes. Right? Yes. It's like it's like where they say making your bed every morning is, is empowering because you've done something. <laughs> I love making <laughs> you know, my bed right every away. morning. Yes. Yeah, I you feel productive. No, look, exactly. Yes, I've started off the day right. Talk about retreats, if you would, because there are lots of opportunities. You have an upcoming retreat in Lisbon, which I loved reading about, but some of them are personally enriching. Some of them are career enriching. Some of them might be spa enriching, right? Yes, Yes. exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because the retreat is really as a, as a, whether it's a destination spa, which I've done speeches at too, which is also exciting, or workshops, you know, there's a really this um, positive collision, right, um, of in the health and wellness space where people are taking care of themselves when they go on vacation, Mm -hmm. right? And that's what the idea with these retreats. So you could be taking care of your body, your mind, uh, even your professional development, right, with career. And I'm excited in Lisbon, that's what we'll be doing. But that soul search research and job search process that you mentioned in the intro is what I'll be sharing um, with folks in a retreat setting in Lisbon, which, again, it's getting them out of their mind, their regular, you know, uh, experience, the daily grind, but also in a new city. I know I'm more adventurous when I travel. You know, so it's kind of combining the best of both worlds. So given your goals, whatever it is that you want to improve, whether it's your health, whether it's your attitude, whether it's your relationships, whether it's your career, there's definitely a retreat out there for you. And I would definitely suggest people take a look because it can be a vacation that 
pays back dividends sure. when you return to your regular life. And I think that's a testament to the fact that travel is enriching in so many ways. Um, in a blog post, you talk about, and there was a quote, as you think, so shall you be. I thought that was really interesting. And that's a learning curve for me to carve out time you talk about to really uh, cultivate that next great move. Yeah, and the, and the attitude, right? Yes. Because if you believe something is possible for you, it is. Mm. <laughs> if you believe it's not, it's not, right? It all starts with us. And I see this with my clients all the time. I'll say, you know what, if you want something to happen in your life, and we'll define you know, the ideal career and what they're looking to create, I say the catalyst is you. You have to be the one to start sharing this with other people because then they'll say, oh, Maggie's serious about this move. She's really thinking about this career change or she's really thinking about this promotion, you know, whether it's a boss or a colleague. You know, they, they really get this sense that, that you're serious. And then they say, okay, well, how can I help? It's really what people end up doing. I've seen it over and over again with my clients. I find you so inspirational, Maggie, and I love having you on this show. So will you come back next quarter, please? And we will continue to pursue our dreams. It will be my pleasure. And I'll, I'll support you and, and we will not, it won't be a crack the whip. Hey, did you reach the goals? <laughs> no, it'll it be, an, be an ongoing process of self-discovery. Exactly. I like it. And being that positive, supportive mindset, I'm happy to provide that. You do that so well, Jamie, for your listeners. I'm glad to contribute. Well, thank you. I'm grateful to have you as a contributor. And so that brings us to the end of another hour of informative, entertaining, and delicious conversation. Well, at least I hope you thought so. I'll leave you with my last bite for the weekend, my last ounce or tidbit of gastronomic inspiration. It's a four-ingredient recipe that I think is a winner. I call it pistachio salmon. It's a simple salmon dish that gets its crunch from a coating of crushed pistachios, panko breadcrumbs, and Parmesan cheese. If you add some steamed veggies and rice, dinner is ready, and it's just so delicious. I will post the recipe for my pistachio salmon on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Chef Jamie Gwen. And you can always send your culinary query recipe questions and your bonus recipe requests for the week. It's my angel food cake mastered to my personal email address, Jamie, J-A-M-I-E at chefjamie.com. Please do check out chefjamie.com, the all new recently launched website. I'd love to know your thoughts and constructive criticism on the recipe database there as well. And please meet me here next weekend where I promise there will be lots more fabulous food to feed your soul. I thank you for listening. I'm Chef Jamie Gwen signing off and I hope you continue to eat well. Well,